We sit glued to the TV set all night And every night Why go into the outside world at all? It's such a fright We got nothing better to do Than watch TV and have a couple Welcome of to TV Times 3, episode 198 On this episode, we've got some news And then we'll be talking about uh, the series premiere of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And then since uh, we've been talking a lot about what's been coming, uh, all the new shows and stuff like that over the last few podcasts, uh, we decided this week that we were going to talk some of the returning shows. And uh, we decided on How I Met Your Mother, New Girl, uh, The Mindy Project, uh, Revolution, Elementary, and Homeland, which have all had have all returned in the last week or so. And uh, got a couple of DVD picks. And as always, you can find the full show notes with Start times for each segment at tvtimes3.com slash 198. I'm Jason the TVaholic from tvaholic.com, and this week I have joining me... Uh, this is Andrea Towers from Confessions of a TV Geek. Uh, I'm Joel Keller from Antenna Free TV at antennafree.tv. Yes, the all-important where you put the dot. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. We have a few domain names bought up just in case people miss. It gets expensive, but it covers all the bases. All right. Well, thank you uh, both for joining me on the podcast this week. Thanks, Jason. And uh, one quick announcement uh, before we head into uh, the news segment. We're coming up on, as I just said, this is 198. We're coming up on uh, our 200th episode here pretty soon. And Amory and Ray will be with me uh, to record that. And we'd like to hear from you. We thought it'd be fun to do a listener-directed episode. So if you've got a topic or a show that you want us to talk about or uh, just uh, anything, drop us a line at feedback at tvtimes3.com or in the comments on the show notes or if you want a chance at the uh, as ray mentioned last week which i thought was a good idea a shot at the awkward season one season two dvd set if you leave a voicemail at the website you'll have a chance at that which since nobody ever leaves a voicemail it is very likely that if you do, you will win the DVD. <laughs> it's not like Powerball. <laughs> the, the <laughs> odds of winning are high. So, with that, we'd like to hear from you and uh, you know drop us a drop us a note. And with that, we'll move on to the first segment. Uh, a little bit of news uh, as the uh, new season has started here. We've gotten a few announcements on some things that are, will be coming back from uh, some of the summer shows, which are uh, kind of interesting. ABC has renewed uh, Mistresses for a second season, which it shows you what you, for summer series, <laughs> what you need to keep <laughs> on the air is not much. The bar is low. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, uh, CBS has renewed uh, Unforgettable for a third season, which is interesting considering... They still have like six or seven, eight episodes from season two that they have yet to air. That was weird. I have no idea why they renewed the show, gave it 13 episodes, and then only played seven of them over the summer. I don't know why they didn't just start at the beginning of the summer and play the whole time. It, it's sort of weird. And then Fox has renewed Bob's Burgers for a fifth season, which the fourth season just uh, started up this past Sunday. Uh, and HBO has renewed Boardwalk Empire for a fifth season as well. And uh, Lifetime uh, announced that they have canceled Army Wives after seven seasons, which is probably a couple seasons too late. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's how things go sometimes. Why does it feel like they've canceled Army Wives three times? Like four just, times, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it never sort of 
it never got that like cancellation notice, but and then like renewed or something like that or picked back up. It was always just these long breaks. Like, are they going to be able to sign people back for more? Or there were always talk of people wanting to leave or spinning shows off that never happened. All kinds of stuff uh, in that in that show that uh, I'm not even sure how many of the like people that started the show are still were still on it. Come. Uh, come to the end of uh, of seven seasons, but that one will be, for the most part, I guess. If you are a Mistresses fan, I guess you're happy and unforgettable. Will have who knows? Maybe they'll just do another six episodes to add to the seven they already had, and that will be there. <laughs> who knows how many episodes they're doing there? But that's uh, that's the news, and we'll jump ahead to uh, the prime time segment. And uh, jump in with our first show, uh, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, Season 1, Episode 1, The Pilot. And uh, start with you, Andrea. What did you think of the beginning of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Pilot. Um, So this is a show that I was anticipating a lot. It was probably my most anticipated show of the fall. Um, over like everything because I'm a huge Marvel. Um, I'm a huge Marvel fan. I'm a huge Joss fan. Um, I'm a big fan of that whole world. And obviously, they kept everything very secretive. And then even at Comic Con, it was secretive. So I spent like the whole summer being all, I, I want to know what this is going to be like, and it's going to be awesome. Um, and I really enjoyed it. Um, but I looked at it as it was a pilot, and I know. Joss's pilots tend to be a little, uh, they're not necessarily always the greatest things, which is fine for any pilot, but specifically, um, you know, when he creates, um, you know, these types of shows. Um, I mean, I liked it because I thought it, um, I just thought it was really enjoyable. Um, I didn't look at it very critically. I superficially enjoyed all the little Marvel Universe Avengers shout-outs. Um, I kind of hope they keep that as they go through it. Um, that would be, I think, my big thing. Like, I kind of hope that they didn't just put a bunch of references and all of that into the first episode to get people to watch, and then they're just going to kind of forget all that exists, because I think it's a nice through line, and I think it'll um, really help kind of their credibility if they can kind of keep tying it back into that world. Um, And, you know, I love Clark Gregg. Um, I love seeing him on my TV every week. Uh, The characters, I mean, I'm hesitant to say that I, aside from uh, um, Ming-Na Wen, there really wasn't anyone that really stood out to me, but I'm kind of willing to, again, not be too critical, give it a little bit um, of leeway because, you know, you never know how characters can develop and, you know, it's quite possible they won't, which would suck, but um, but I, I have a lot of faith in the series um, and I'm very, ex- and I really enjoyed the episode and I'm, I'm really excited to see what we get tomorrow from the second episode and then beyond that. How about you, Joel? Well, I, I, you know, I'm not a Marvel guy. I haven't seen the Avengers, believe it or not. I think I'm the only one. Um, I haven't seen Titanic either, so I'm 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 in both clubs. Get off the um, podcast. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, I've saw. I mean, I saw the first Iron Man, you know, five years ago. Uh, but I was aware of how, how widely anticipated this was, and 
and and the significance of Clark Gregg being on there as Coulson, and um, you know somewhat of the story of how what led up to the uh, Agents of Shield. But I wanted to see if the show was going to be accessible to someone like me who is not that kind of big Marvel fan. Because to be honest with you, that show for it to stay in the air is going to have to be accessible to both crowds, I think. Um, You can play the genre crowd, but I think especially on a network like ABC, they're going to want to have like a a, a more, they're, they're going to want to see bigger numbers than, you know, just, Although I, I don't know, talk to The Walking Dead, they they had Saul genre numbers and ten twelve million a week. So maybe I'm maybe I'm talking out my butt, but um, I enjoyed it. I think the references to what went on in the Avengers made things a little bit confusing for someone like me. I wish they had assumed a little bit more that people watching it did not see the Avengers. Um, but I liked it. I liked. You know, obviously, Joss Whedon's got his quippy, kind of fast-talking type of dialogue, not taking things too seriously. And I think uh, uh, most of the actors pulled that off. I, I definitely think, obviously, uh, Clark Gregg pulled it off. The woman who played um, Sky is that her name? The, the the rebellious one who was in the van? Yeah. Yeah. yeah she, she pulled it off. May not, you know, she's a pro, so she's going to do pull it off. I don't know if the rest of them did yet. But um, there was enough there that I definitely want to see it again. Um, but again, maybe I'm not the person they're trying to impress. So I don't know. <laughs> well, I think it'll be um, I, I think it's going to be really interesting to see kind of the next few weeks, because when I was saying when like when it premiered and the numbers came out and everyone is like, oh, my God, this is, you know, really high numbers. And it's like, of course, it's going to be really high numbers because it's an anticipated pilot and it's Joss Whedon and you have the Avengers fans and you have everyone else who's not an Avengers Marvel fan tuning in. So, like, everyone is going to tune in, obviously. But I'm curious to see how that audience holds over the next few weeks, you know, if people really do keep tuning in, if those hardcore fans keep tuning in, if people like you keep tuning in or if they lose them along the way. I think that's going to be really interesting. I was actually very surprised that the numbers weren't as good as I thought. With all the hype and the fact that, you know, the Avengers made, what, half a billion dollars? You know, you know I, I thought it would be like 20 million people tuning in. Yeah, the, the, not, not 12 to 15 million people. The, yeah, the, the problem with equating uh, box office with the uh, ratings is that the reason the box office on some of those movies are so high is because uh, all the little fanboys went and saw the Avengers like 12 times. The same reason Titanic <laughs> did so well is because all the little fangirls went and saw right. the movie like 12 yes. times. I contributed six and, times yeah. to whatever that box office But you can was. only watch you, know, you can only watch the Avengers or the you know Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. once, you know, pretty much. You can't you're not going to be counted uh, you know, if, if you watch it and then DVR'd it and watch it twelve more times. It's only going to count. They're only going to count you once. So that there on the, I'm always interested to see how things play out. You know, in the coming weeks, uh, both the as the show develops and goes through, Joss will have you know less hands on than he did uh, with the. I'm sure that it, than he did with the pilot since he's you know busy making the Avengers too <laughs> and. Uh, so I'm interested to see that how things develop that way, but I thought it was I thought it was really good. I think 
it, you know, it was fun uh, having seen the Avengers and stuff like that. A lot of the the things that they said and stuff like that were were fun. I think almost Joel that you were like, may I think it may have confused you with things that weren't actually confusing just because like you, you didn't know that. And because you didn't know, you didn't know that you didn't need to know. <laughs> well, in other words, you're, am I assuming, like I'm, I'm assuming that half the stuff that happened in the movie didn't happen in the movie. No, well, I'm just saying like, you didn't, you didn't have to like see the giant battle of New York or whatever to know that there was a big giant battle of New York. I think they tell you enough in the episode to, you know, that there's now, the world now knows about superheroes and stuff like that, you know, more than just, uh, as they said, more than just a billionaire flying around in a metal suit. And I think they, they mostly give you a, enough in that, that if you hadn't seen the Avengers, you have enough information going forward. But I think have you not having seen it, you may be thinking there's even more to what they're saying. And I don't think there really was. Is sort of what I'm saying. Yeah, but the, the, the significance of Colby Smulders' character, for instance, right? I know she was in the movie, but I didn't know what role she played. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah, there, it, well, there's probably yeah a couple things like that that uh, a little bit that hopefully though. Granted, with her work schedule, how much she's going to be in it or not, but I think they'll give it time to develop, and it'll sort of become its own thing over the first uh, you know few episodes. And they'll still have the, you know, the sort of Easter egg comments type things that uh, will be the bonus, you know, for fans of the Marvel Universe. But yet it'll be a fun action adventure for everybody else. Yeah, it's um, I think it, it has the it it has the luck of being one of those shows that I would be very, very, very surprised if they looked at the even if they looked at the ratings after like you know half a season and said oh yeah we're gonna cancel this like they're they're gonna keep it on the air they'll give it time so you know hopefully we'll be able to see where it goes and then right. everyone well they would have to judgments. unbelievably dump off uh, ratings wise for them yeah. <laughs> them to cancel it uh, which uh which is i sort of expected the numbers to be i don't know why maybe oh like overall numbers to maybe be a little bigger um but i still find it overall for the night to be pretty impressive that between ABC, CBS, and uh, ABC, NBC, and CBS, you know, sort of the original three, you know, broadcasters, that there was actually some 50-something million people watching TV. Yeah, and uh, 8 o'clock at night. <laughs> on, and just those three channels. So it does – there is still ways to uh, garner an audience – uh, even these days for you know, for live TV, but um, but you can also see the numbers that that have come out that while like twelve million people or something like that watched it uh, on the night, uh, the the live plus three, uh, you know, DVR numbers came out and it went up to like sixteen million. So there was like another four million people that recorded it and watched it later, and that number will probably rise, you know, even more once the live plus seven day numbers come in. So there's, it did draw, you know, a pretty significant overall audience, you know, pretty much. And if and if uh, under the dome can hold on to its audience, yeah. I mean, it was, it, and it was t- 
terminally and it was terminally stupid. Yeah. God, I hope so. Ages of Shield has a very low bar to to, to jump <laughs> up in that, in that regard. So, very true. you know, I mean, I think uh, as long as they they keep that kind of action that the, the action and fun quotient going, if they keep, I I do think the key is is as as Joss takes his hands off the wheel a little bit more. I think he directed the pilot as well as helped help write it. Um, and, and he leaves it to his brother, Jed and the other producers, you know, is it going to, cause it, is it going to feel the same? Right. Uh, but then, then again, you know, considering the, the luck that Joss Whedon has had on, on any show that's not called Buffy, <laughs> then, you know, on network TV, maybe that's not such a bad thing. So, and, and while we all talk about things like Buffy and Angel and, you know, loving Firefly and things like that, uh, even if you go back to things like Buffy and Angel, it's not like those were getting 15 million viewers a week or right. anything. Right. Those shows were barely staying on, you know, on the WB, the WB and UPN, you know, type of yeah. back in the way, way back when. So there's still that so this is a you know this is a big this is a big undertaking and that you sort of hope that a lot of people will continue to watch so that i can continue to you know i can i'm I'm just selfish (laughs) (laughs) so i can continue to watch well and the other thing is this is a proof of concept for abc because they own they own marvel and they own you know like the star wars franchise now so if they can if this works you're going to see more Marvel stuff. You'll probably see more Star Wars stuff. Yep. Stuff on on prime time. So, um, it's it's if you want, I think for for people who are fans of those, that kind of stuff, they got to root for Agents of Shield, Agents of Shield to work. So, yep. I agree. All right, so we'll move on and start talking about uh, some of the the returning shows. Uh, first up on the list, How I Met Your Mother. Uh, season nine, uh, episode one, the locket, and episode two, uh, coming back, that uh, played together as sort of an hour premiere last week. And we'll start with you this time, Joel. What did uh, what did you think of sort of the new, the new sort of format of, of the show? Oh, I I was actually very surprised how well it worked, at least in those first two episodes. Both episodes were very funny. I mean it 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 had it it had its moments where it kind of went broad. Uh, you know, even though like Sherry Shepard and, and, and Jason Siegel were funny together, I was kind of cringing at the thought of the, the, uh, the Jason and Sherry show for 24 episodes and, and, you know, Jason Siegel never shows up the wedding. Uh, but, um, and, and also the first episode where, um, where Robin and, and Barney thought they were cousins, you know, that was kind of broad, but I think overall the storytelling worked and i think the fact that over the season you're going to see the mother a lot worked and and how he how she meets each of the friends you're going to see flash forwards to her and ted interacting which i think is going to be the key to this season um i think a lot of it worked and a lot of it brought it back the show back to the same kind of feeling that a similar kind of feeling that we had early on when it was flashing forward and flashing backward and mixing up time and, and really giving its viewers uh, a good uh, a good sense of what their storytelling was about and how they can use time to to tell a story in a unique way. So 
you know, from what I heard, it's going to be a frame. The wedding is not is going to be a framing device in a lot of episodes where they use as a jumping off point to go backwards or forwards. It won't be at the wedding, uh, but overall, I think uh, it it could have been a disaster, and, but so far so good. How about you, Andrea? Um, yeah, no, I I agree. I actually don't. I'm not a um, like devoted How I Met Your Mother fan. I've seen episodes here and there, and I just tend to kind of tune in when I have time, um, mostly because I just never really got into watching it regularly, and then I never get into catching up on it. But obviously, I, I know what's going on, and I've kind of kept up with it in the TV world as you know, you kind of tend to do when you want to know about everything. Um, so I did actually um, tune in to the, the first two episodes because I was really curious about, you know, what it was going to do going into its final season. Um, and I was kind of the same way. I was skeptical about what I knew about how they were going to kind of change it up. But um, I really also liked it. And um, it kind of made me feel confident that going into its final season, they're going to kind of really have fun with this and go out hopefully with more of a bang. Um, you know, I just like my big thing for any show that's been on the air for a long time and has really kind of built up a following is that I hate to see it kind of peter out and, and not, um, and go out on kind of a bad note or a bad season. Um, but I think that this actually has the potential to end really well, just both the way it's structured, um, the way that, you know, as Joel was saying, the, um, the storylines are going to be framed. Uh, so, so I actually might tune in more this season than I have in previous seasons. I thought it worked really well, sort of as that, as that framing device. It was sort of that idea where you're like, uh, changing up the show now is, is that really a good idea? Is the idea of setting something over the course of, you know, like a whole season where it's taking place over like 50 something hours or something. But I think actually that sort of idea, I think is maybe possibly work to reinvigorate the show a little bit and that they are doing something a little bit new. So they have to put a little extra effort into it. Plus it's the final season. So I think they can just you know, kind of do anything uh, they want. And the one thing that they've always been good at is playing with the timeline of telling a story within a story, jumping forward, jumping back. And so they've always been really clever with that stuff. So I think this change up is something that gets them back to having to do more of that. So I'm interested to see how it's really going to play out more over the first, uh, you know, over this last season but really enjoyed the first two episodes. There was a lot that was funny. I'm hoping, you know, as you sort of mentioned there, Joel, that uh, the drive uh, from, <laughs> from Minnesota doesn't take forever. Yeah. For, for, yeah. The, you know, I, for them to get I, back. I like Sherry Shepard, but I don't need to see her for 22, for 24 episodes. It would kind of, I mean, Jason Siegel's schedule might be a little screwy, which is, might be why he's separate from everybody else. I it, wouldn't it wouldn't it suck if he basically wasn't there until like the final <laughs> like, episodes busted in just in time for the I do's <laughs> right right yeah. I don't know if I can handle Sarah Shepard for twenty two episodes anyway so I, I I don't think it'll probably work that way I think we'll probably get uh we'll probably get uh, you know sort of the scenes with him on the phone with somebody or or in a flashback scene we'll see the group together 
uh, where he's he's with the group. And as they were sort of, if they continue on a little bit with the episode sort of progress where we're like a couple hours into the weekend uh, here on the after the first couple episodes that, you know, if he should be at least <laughs> there by halfway through the season. You know, <laughs> he should be doing, he should be able to get there. Yeah, I mean, Minnesota is not that far away. Yeah. So, yeah, I just, I, I do think the key to it is how much more we're going to see of of Ted and the mother, which I don't know if we get Ted and the mother together um, in flash forwards. I think the more we see that, the more satisfying it'll be when he meets her at the end of the season. Because if we're, like, he meets him, but we don't see him interacting with her at all. Because... The two of them have very good chemistry together, which which is more than I can say of Josh Radner and pretty much anybody else who's played his girlfriend since Robin, you know? So um, the fact that they work well together and the fact that it does look like right now that this is the person that uh, is, like, the one for Ted was something I'm concerned about, but I'm glad so far it looks good. So, and I, I want to see more of that. Yeah, I kind of also like the idea of the, like like he says, and that's how your, uh, you know, that's how your Aunt Lily met your mother, you know, right. type of thing in the story. And so that definitely did set up, like, we'll probably get to see her meet everybody but Ted. And there could be even something in the storyline of, like, where, you know, Lily thinks they should meet or somebody thinks they should meet but it never it never works out until they you know bump into each other on the you know the train station platform right and uh at, to to give you like the closing the you know the i'm assuming the final line will be in the, that's how that's i met your mother yeah. uh, and so, so yeah. I, you know i'm i was going into it i was like i don't know but after seeing what they did with the first two episodes i'm you know, and not like I wasn't going to watch the final season after watching the first eight, but I'm definitely glad to see that it's worked out much better than I thought that, you know, it may, you know, it may have. And you're, you're going to see a bunch of guests coming back. We already saw Wayne Brady and uh, we're going to see John Lithgow. We're going to see a bunch of people coming, which should be fun, you know. So so it's going to be kind of a reunion type of thing. Brian Cranston's supposed to come back as Ted's boss. So... Uh, Remember, he, he actually, that was pre-Breaking Bad when he was on, I think. Or right right when Breaking Bad was starting. Yeah, it was towards the, it was yeah, back in the beginning of the, yeah. so we're talking, you know, eight, nine years ago. He designed a very phallic-shaped building. <laughs> so, uh, you know, so it, it, it's going to be like a bunch of different things. And, and, and also, whenever, whenever producers have an ending to write towards... It gets so much better. We saw it with Thirty Rock. We saw that with Lost. We saw that, you know, with a whole bunch of shows. So they're not. They know where their goal is, and they and they know that they don't have a lot of time to get there. So I think that'll help too. Yeah, I think that was some of you know last season was like there was an end goal in mind, and then partway through they they were like, no, we need to go one more season, and then yeah, and then it was all you know sort of pushing the <laughs> pushing the ball forward a little bit to just keep extending it out. So yeah, I think knowing that this is the the last season it gives you 
It gives them definitely a place to uh, focus on and and write write towards. And we'll move on to the next show on the list, which is New Girl. And it's played a couple episodes: season three, episode one, All In, and episode two, Nerd. I have played so far. So, Andrea, what do you think of the return of New Girl so far? Um, I really loved it. I, I love the show. I know a lot of people have kind of, a lot of people I feel like either really love it or really hate it. There's kind of no in between. Um, I just, I mean, I, I could be wrong. It's just how I, <laughs> it's randomly how I feel. Um, I've just always, I just always thought it was a really funny show. I mean, I, I watch it because I'm amused more than I you know, looking for something deep in my comedies or whatever. Um, so I was really excited to have it back. Um, my one criticism is that I just wish they would do more with uh, Winston's character. Um, I just kind of feel like, you know, he's there and he's plodding along and he has, he has some of the funniest moments, but he's never had like a real storyline. Now this season, you know, you have like, you know, Jess and Nick, finally getting together and you have Schmidt with his, you know, two women and then Winston's like, I'm doing puzzles and I'm colorblind right. and all he is always crazy, basically. Yeah, and which I mean I I love it. Like I mean I love I think it's hysterical and it makes me laugh and I love that he's kind of that part of comic relief, but at the same time I would love to see him get, you know, a real storyline, um, independent of you know, the rest of the guys, um, I, you know, maybe I don't even know if it's a new love interest, but just something that would give oh. him something else to do. You mean more especially, than a cat? Yes. more than. <laughs> <laughs> well, especially with, um, uh, David Williams Jr. Coming back. Yeah. So, and, and coach got more, uh, when he was coaching that one episode all the way back two years ago in the podcast, he had more character development in that one episode than Winston's had in two plus seasons, so that's gonna be a problem, I think. Because yeah. you know how funny you know how funny David Wayne Jr. was in that pilot, and you know see him compared to uh, Lavorne Morris in there. And Lavorne said he was the original. He was gonna be the original coach, so he must feel like a little cheated out of, <laughs> you know. Hey, you changed the part for me. I got a lame part, you know. <laughs> so um, I, I I enjoy the first couple episodes. I really I thought they I thought they navigated the Jess um, Nick thing very well because they had to face the reality of being back in right. the the apartment and and it's going to be a real relationship, not you know will they want anymore. Um, I think the better storyline is kind of how they've navigated uh, uh, Schmidt trying to figure out who is. Who his girlfriend's gonna be? It, it doesn't. It definitely is a. Um, it, it's like the second episode started out as sitcom. Uh, um, kind of felt like a uh, an episode of three's company when they're both at the party. Yeah. Cece and Elizabeth, and they're trying to join each other, and the evil the evil coworkers getting him together to 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 tick off to, to tick off Schmidt. But I like how at the end it worked out for Schmidt anyway. So, which you don't usually see in a sitcom. Yeah, yeah um, I completely really on accident. That was end badly. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, you kind of know what's going to happen because Merritt Weaver's only only signed for two episodes. Right. So, you know, either either Elizabeth's going to go away for sure, and then either Cece's going to be with them, or she's going to find out and they're going to hate. She's going to hate him for the whole season. Right. One of those two things. So, 
you know, but it'll be fun to find out which. Um, but I just, you know, I, I do think the show's continuing on its path that it did last year, where it was, to my, in my mind, the best sitcom on TV on, on, on last year. So uh, I think it's, it hasn't really missed a beat from that. So um, looking forward to episode three, I guess. God, we're on episode three already. I know. I'm like, yeah, where's the fall TV season? Oh. <laughs> I know. It's going to be like, we're going to get reruns soon, you know? <laughs> well, they, you know, Fox has got to get a few episodes in here before they uh, take a few couple of weeks off for baseball playoffs and World Series and stuff. That's true. But yeah, I like the return of New Girl. I think New Girl was definitely the show that f- it figured itself out, mostly, except for Winston, except for the fact that maybe what they figured out is Winston is the comic relief within the comedy show type of thing. He's just maybe what he's good for is appending him to everybody else's storyline. Yeah, that could be. Um, some of the things do go weird with, you know, all of a sudden he's like super into puzzles, like one episode, you know, type of thing. But it also leads to one of the best lines <laughs> of the show ever <laughs> where Schmidt asks him what color he thinks he is. <laughs> After he thinks that his shoes, his brown shoes are green. <laughs> I, I really like that a lot. Uh, what was the, What was I forgot? What was his? Uh, what was his response to that? <laughs> he just he just it was like, um, or he thought they were brown, right? It was <laughs> uh, they were, and he said, and he was like, "What color are you?" <laughs> like, yeah. and his his response was just sort of <laughs> just a look on his face, and then it went off to the the rest of the you know, off to the, the next scene or whatever, but it was just, I mean, that was a lot of really silliness to set up a really good joke, you know? Uh, so at least it had a good payoff and also with, you know, to be able to tie back in with needing to try and put Nick's passport back together and stuff. Right. It's almost a little too much, but still they, it sort of fits within this show. You know, there's a, a wacky, realness to the show like it's and i i'm really i'm really enjoying it and i think you know they've picked up where they left off from uh, season two and uh and you know they're headed in in a good direction but uh maybe not so much with the next show which is uh, the mindy project which is also aired a couple episodes now uh, season two episode one all my problems solved forever and episode two uh the other dr l and uh Joel, what'd you think of the Mindy Project? I thought the same exact thing I thought last year. Funny. <laughs> funny in parts. Funny, great, you know, Mindy's a great character. Love Chris Messina. And you like, you like I like Baron Holtz's character. But you just, you end an episode scratching your head. Like, is there a show here? Like, like where's the rest of the show? Like, it feels like so, incon- it feels so inconsistent that, you know, it, it doesn't know where it's going. And maybe that's it. Maybe that's what Mindy wants. Kind of a messy show. Like, life's messy. That's what her show's going to be. I think that's what I'm starting to understand by now. That maybe she just wants this kind of loose, messy show that, you know, doesn't really have much of a center and really doesn't know what it wants to be. But it's really hilariously funny when it can be. You know, because I, I just, you know, it, it's... I, the the whole James Franco arc, which I thought was going to be a lot longer than two episodes, I, I must not have <laughs> read the read the news correctly then. But 
it kind of just ended, you know, and I thought she was going to be some sort of love interest for him. They maybe challenge her, her engagement. And, and now I'm hearing that uh, Adam Pally's coming and he's going to be a permanent cast member now. And it feels, it just, it would, it, it feels like it's a show that just, we're more than a season in and it still hasn't settled down yet. And unless that's what she wants. I don't know. It's a very frustrating show. So to me, there's yeah. too many characters. There's, there's too many even like side characters and that are too wacky weird. Like it starts to, I guess, you know, maybe within the world that this has been set up, you know, you're supposed to buy this, but there's, I don't buy in, in a million years that Ike Barinholtz's character and the other now nurse that never can remember anybody's name or whatever. (laughs) And then, you know, the old lady that was a nurse that now they brought back you know, that any of these would ever be able to work in a doctor's office ever. Right. right. <laughs> and there is, you know, there there has been sort of a setup of, you know, that this is a real, you know, thing that. And so that's where, for me, it goes off. While some some of the stuff that Ike Barinholtz does is can be funny from time to time. And and every once in a while, somebody else gets a good line or something. That's all the stuff that pulls away me out of an episode. I really like I actually really like Mindy Kaling. I like her character. I like her delivery of stuff. I like her observations on things. But we get all this other weird and wacky stuff that doesn't seem to fit with the other things that I'm not quite sure what type of comedy this is supposed to be. But then you get an episode, you know, where like this coming episode, you know, is pretty good, but you have no faith that it's going to like lead to anything uh, necessarily other than to, you know, put the show in another new place to, to start again. And, you know, and then bringing in somebody like Adam Pally, but they're not losing anybody else. That just adds another character. And then you still have the other, even more side characters that, you know, like the other doctors or, you know, the, that are in that building and and stuff that that show up from time to time and it just seems that there's no there's too many things. Yeah, I kept seeing the Duplass brothers, especially Mark Duplass keep showing up on episodes last year. I'm like, did they make Mark Duplass a cast member? <laughs> Cuz I'm like, well, does it, how does he have time to do continually do <laughs> Mindy episodes? He he and his brother direct movies, he's doing the league, he writes stuff. Like they, he was in half the episodes. He and his brother, and his brother was in only maybe a couple of less episodes. I thought he was going to be there for like two episodes, you know. And and they just kept bringing him back, which is fine. But they're not. It's not like they're bringing back Urkel, you know. <laughs> it's it's Mark Duplass. He's got a career. That, I mean, it's it's a it's a part that you knew wasn't going to go anywhere because he's got a career, you know. So what was the point of him back episode after episode? I didn't get it. Yeah, this was this was a show that I thought may have sort of started to figure itself out towards the end of last season, but then it's come back, and I'm like, it hasn't. You know, it's still it's still you know sort of this schizophrenic show that uh, has some really funny parts, and then some other stuff that you're just like, what are we doing over here? Like, why are, why are we with these people? 
I don't know. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it have been nice, like, for instance, if uh, they kept, um, what's your name from The Office, who was playing uh, the, 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 the douchey PR guy's ex-girlfriend or other girlfriend? What, you know, if they kept her around for a little while. Yeah, you know? I mean, <laughs> there's no telling how long anybody's going to stay once they show up either. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's a very strange show. Like but I keep watching it because it's funny. Yeah, but it's funny. That's why I'm watching it. The, yeah, I mean, you, you can't really go wrong with a comedy that's funny. <laughs> except, right. some, that, except that sometimes you want a little you want a little story that makes sense with your comedy <laughs> too, you know? Unless she's doing it on purpose. Could be. I mean, I don't know. What do you think, Andrea? Um, I'm, well, I was kind of in the same boat as, as both of you that it's a funny show and I enjoy it. I don't think it knows exactly where it's going. Um, and so it's hard for me to love it. I mean, it's something I watch because I started watching it. I'll keep with it. You know, I watch it. I laugh. I turn it off at the end of the night. And that's pretty much it. Or I, I watch it like four days later because I have other things, priorities on my DVR. Um, but like when it's funny, it's it's really funny. And when it's not, it just kind of falls flat. And I think that, you know, that whole back and forth of what kind of show does it want to be? And there's so many characters and, you know, and they got James Franco and that was great. And I thought he was actually hysterical. And it was like they obviously played that up, but okay, that was, like, a storyline for, like, two episodes, and now it's gone. And, you know, now we're going to completely shift gears. And um, so I don't know. I'm just kind of – I enjoy it. I think it's a funny show. But I kind of have to wonder how long it's going to be able to do this. Maybe it'll go – I, I kind of can't see it going past three seasons. But that's just me. I could be completely wrong about that. <laughs> if, they, if they keep doing – if they keep trying to figure out what, what their show is about – not many comedies get past season two without figuring themselves out. Usually they figure themselves out by somewhere in the middle, either either by the end of that first season or somewhere in the middle of that second season. And I don't see many of them still figuring things out in their third, their third season because they don't get that far. Um, because I, I think just to go back to New Girl, I think that's what differentiates it from New Girl, that New Girl can have its... Um, its flaws and you know it has its issues but it figured out kind of what it was and it you know it knows exactly what it is and now it's kind of building on that um whereas mindy's still kind of trying to figure out what kind of show it wants to be now is it because mindy kaling herself is kind of you know as a writer for the office she was she was great but she was in a uh a focused environment but you've read i mean i've read you've read her twitter feed you've read her book She's kind of kind of all over the place a little bit with what she with where her humor is, you know, what she likes, yeah. what her subjects are. Yeah, I, I, mean, I don't know if it's just, you know, some people like I feel bad saying it this way, but I don't know if it's just because like some people just can't be like writers and showrunners and have it be that seamless or if it's just, um, you know, the other problems that the show has, like you were saying, you know, the overabundance of the cast and not really knowing where it's going and um i don't know i can't really figure it out <laughs> i still can't figure it out yeah but that'll get old if it continues this whole season yeah if it doesn't figure it out this season it's not gonna i mean the audience is not there you know there's not enough audience there that if it doesn't figure itself out and look like it could become something this season it won't make another season right. yeah 
Well, it's also, it's, um, I think it also depends on what, uh, on that network is going to come out of this season for pilots and what's going to come out mid season. And if they get a lot of really strong stuff, um, or even, you know, for next season, if they have a lot of really strong stuff coming up, then, you know, they may be more inclined to not continue it for those reasons also. I, I think Fox gave it a second season because they wanted to work with Mindy, but right. I, I can't. Yeah, but if you're not getting anything for that, for that. Yeah. yeah, it's like, yeah, we want to keep somebody in our stable. We want to continue to work with this person. But if you're not actually getting any return on that, then really, what's the point of yeah. of uh, of having them producing something for you? Whitney got a second season, so getting a second season doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> yeah. And that and that show actually put itself together. So much more than the Mindy Project does, even though it wasn't as funny. Yeah, it, w- yeah, so. it might not have been as funny, but at least it, it did figure out what it was wanted to be Yeah, uh, over the course of that first season. Uh, but uh, speaking of shows that uh, couldn't quite figure out what they wanted to be in their first season, uh, the next show on our list is uh, Revolution, uh, Season 2, Episode 1, uh, Born in the USA, which uh, I really enjoyed. I I liked some of the stuff that's set up in this and the and the second episode and I'm I'm almost more on board not just because I liked some of the what they're setting up in this these episodes better than some of the stuff from the first season but I I'm more on board with this second season from one statement from Eric Kripke at Comic-Con yeah. uh, during during the, the roundtable interview that I was a part of yeah. where he acknowledged that there was too much electricity, too much power in a show about no power. Yeah. That they had gone off the rails that direction and that they've done away with that and it ain't coming back. I, I think my entire interview from those roundtables at Comic-Con with Kripke was basically him talking for 10 minutes about all his mistakes. Like, I kid you not, that was like, it was like two questions, but he just kept going and going and going for like six minutes. Like, we know we did this wrong and we know we did this wrong and this is what we want to change. And I just kind of sat there. I'm like, you know what? At least you do own up to the fact that last season was a bit of a mess. Yeah, because the first season was interesting in that it started out okay, but then it got a little monotonous with this. We got to get, I don't even remember his names. <laughs> you know, we got to get such and such a character back. And then they were like, you know, that's really not working. So when they came back for the second half of the season, they instantly killed off that character <laughs> and right. moved the show in a different direction. And for a few episodes, it got, you know, it felt a little more, uh, you know, it felt like they had improved the show. Like there was, you know, a different point of view. It, it had more action and stuff, but then they went off the rails that direction where they were flying helicopters around the country and cars were driving everywhere. And, you know, people had electricity in various places and stuff. And, and it just became, well, I thought that there was the potential interest of like, you know, maybe there's a few of these gadgets out there. If you can control these gadgets, then you could, you know, control some of the power and stuff like that. But then it just became, there seems to be more than just 13 of these things. And now we're it. And that wasn't the, like the direction that the show went. And so I, I was glad to hear that some of the problems that I had with the show or that other people had with the show, that the creator of the show 
also had these same right. <laughs> these same things. And so that why they have to kill else. off the nerdy dude. But why did they have to kill off the nerdy dude? Aaron, is that his character's name? Warren, I Aaron. I don't know. I don't watch the show. I just tuned in. They didn't, they didn't kill him. Killed. But they didn't kill him. He like he came back to life. Yeah, did you not he watch did? till the you, did you not watch till the very, very end? It was like the very, very end. They killed no, him. I don't want, <laughs> no, I thought he was dead. <laughs> <laughs> no, he he uh he comes back to life. Uh, and that's that becomes one of the mysteries is is how did he uh is is how did he come back to you know how did he come back to life uh what's the deal with these uh fireflies firefly nano and... the the sense i got from having seen the first two episodes um is that it finally i feel like it, it they finally have um a story that they're going towards. They have like two or three, I think really big storylines they're hoping to do this season. Um, and I think that's going to help them rather than being all over the map. Um, and I think that's something else that um, Kripke said at Comic-Con that he realized they had like 60 different stories last season they wanted to do. And then they realized they wrapped one up like the Danny storyline way too quickly. And then what do they do and how do we keep going and what's going to happen when we get the power back? And, and like, I think their intentions, the writers and everyone, I think they had really good intentions about what they wanted to do, but I don't think it came off that well. So, um, I think I have actually really high hopes for this season after seeing the first two episodes. And I, I really hope that they kind of continue to focus very much on, you know, very specific storylines. Um, and then also I think it helps that they've split the characters up because there's only so much you can do with character dynamic and, you know, it's not lost where like, yes, everyone is always on the Island together, but you have all these dynamic different characters who are played by really really strong actors um you know it's it's not it was very hard for me at the end of last season to try to keep myself interested when it felt like I was having kind of like the same chemistry over and over again and the same issues um and even though they think the characters were trying to grow it was very hard to accept that so I think by splitting people up this season and having different um situations I'm hoping that'll also help the characters Sounds good to me. I, you know, I, I really don't watch the show, but again, this might be a case where NBC gave it a season because it had strong numbers coming out of the gate, but I don't think they're going to give it another season. You know, like, this is like, could be smashed all over again for all we know. Yeah, except, the, except that the so far, after the first couple episodes of the new season, is, is it not terrible? Like, Smash, it like hasn't dwindled right. away. Like, Smash had a great premiere. Like a, a really good premiere episode, and then almost instantaneously faltered oh, on that. <laughs> and and in a, in the period of a thirteen episode season, became like the number one hate watch show on on TV. And then people watched the second season pretty much only for that, like just to make fun of it. Right. I think they've. In the second season here, they've turned things around. At least it looks that way uh, so far. And from having talked to them, it seems like they understand, you know, things that they've that they did wrong. The problem will be is will people hear that and give it a second chance because they didn't on the Wednesday night premiere. Right. Uh, well, also, I mean, it was 
you know, it was Wednesday night, it was 8 p.m., which is what I think is really interesting when you compare that, like, you know, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is also, it's Tuesday night at 8 p.m. There's really not that much of a difference between... Yeah, the, but the thing about Revolution is, is it felt, is it felt like the season got darker. Like, the yeah. second season is a, Definitely. seems to be a much darker show, but it's two hours earlier in the night, right. which uh, was interesting. But it did do better than on Wednesday night for NBC than the comedies that they had there, but much less numbers wise than it you know than it did in its you know final few episodes of the of last season. So yeah, I think uh, I I think you're right. I think it's going to be interesting if um, you know if the show does not get renewed because at the end of last season I was honestly saying like obviously they gave it a second season because it was you know their highest rated show for a while and um and they obviously really you believed gotta keep in something it. <laughs> right exactly you yeah. have to keep there wasn't a lot to choose from <laughs> I mean they killed off NBC everything else pretty much <laughs> um but uh you know, I was saying to one of my friends, we were both agreeing that, yeah, you know, I think it's going to be done after the second season. Now, I, if they really improve it, I mean, I'm actually enjoying it and I think it could kind of go on. But I would be, I think it would be kind of not funny because that sounds terrible. But, I mean, it would, um, you know, I think it would be interesting if they decided after it improved and then the ratings went down not to renew it when it was actually getting better. Yeah, that that would definitely uh, be be a problem. I'm interested to see next or this Wednesday's numbers to see because it it seems to be getting uh, stories I've seen people that have you know seen the first couple episodes, people that watched you know the first episode uh, on Wednesday. It seems to be getting positive feedback, and so I'm interested to see if that does anything uh, to the to right. its second week. Does it does it maintain the audience that it had does it grow a little bit or as people or is it just like too little too late and it can it just sort of dwindles off from here so that's that's i'm uh definitely interested in that one and uh move on to the next show on the list uh elementary uh season two episode one uh, step nine uh what'd you think of uh the second season premiere of elementary joel I enjoyed it. I kind of wish there was a little bit more London to it. Uh, it felt like uh, like three scenes outside in London, and then the rest were on the soundstage. It almost did feel to me. I, that was one thing I noticed about it. It didn't feel like a big splashy "Look, we're in London" episode. That Parks and Rec had more London in yeah, it. <laughs> that you would think that they would do for a premiere. Not that it necessarily needs that because there was some good character stuff in right. the episode. But it also felt like they could have just like had his brother show up in New York you know, right. and done the same thing. Right. So, I mean, I do like the idea of his brother. I mean, the one of the things, the bargain you're going to get with elementary, it's not like, you know, it's it's going to be case of the week stuff, but it's going to be uh, you are going to get some story development. And I like the fact that they introduced Sherlock's uh, uh, brother. Uh, what was his name? Uh, um, Microbs. Mycroft, right? And I, I thought it was a good. I thought it was a good idea to expand his universe a little bit. Uh, and I think I hope that's what they do more of this season. Um, yeah, you know, it, it gives it gives yeah, Lucy Liu's character Watson a little bit more to bounce off of. It's not just Sherlock and Watson. It's you know there, there's 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 going to be more to it than that. 
Um, but you know, just like with any any CBS procedural, you're going to get your case of the week stuff. So, you know, you have to you know if the cases are good, uh, then it's then you're in good shape. But you know, in cases like this where the case was not that great, um, you're you're basically taking those nuggets of story development and kind of running with them. So. It, it it still the the episodes still rise and fall on on how good or, or bad the case of the week is, so, and and I'm, I wasn't a hundred percent happy with this case. It was just it was just it just it was kind of there, not really intriguing, not many twists and turns. So, how about you, Andrea? Um, no, I I agree. I mean, I primarily I really don't like procedurals that much. Um. You know, as is evidenced by the fact that I started and stopped watching a lot of shows um, because they're procedural. So, so it has to take. So it takes something even like more so than the actors because I actually fell out of person of interest, even though I love Michael Emerson, but I just couldn't get into the show. There was kind of like nothing there to grab me. I kind of fell off after the um, after the first season, but. Um, like for elementary part of the reason why I love it so much is because of the, uh, the Joan and, uh, Sherlock relationship. And I think, um, you know, I love Lucy Liu and I, I love their banter and I think it's, um, you know, it's just, they, they work really well together in a way that maybe, you know, other actors probably wouldn't. I think they got really lucky in that sense. Um, so for me, that's pretty much my enjoyment of the show comes from that, um, you know, more so than, than the procedural stuff, which I admittedly don't really like. Um, so I think, you know, hopefully I'm looking forward to the season in that respect. Like, you know, you were saying, um, you know, it gives her a little more to go off of and I'm kind of hoping, um, I thought the towards the end of last season was really strong, and I'm kind of hoping that we have more of that kind of going forward. Yeah, I I like elementary. I think I think people that dropped off in the first season because it was a procedural missed out on a great second half of the season that grew to a great twist ending. And also, I think how the second half worked much better is things is the cases of the week, more of them started tying into an overall storyline where it pushed, it pushed the overall storyline forward, but yet you could still watch it as a case of the week uh, type of thing. And it was, it was really good. This just, I liked this episode. I liked the character stuff that we got. It just seemed small for like a season premiere that we're going Sherlock's going back to London. Well, also the, the finale last season was so big too. It wasn't just like, Oh, here's another case. And you know, yeah, it's going to be like a fun little case. The finale was full of like 18 million awesome big things that really got everyone kind of riled up. Cause I remember like all my friends who I know watched the show, they were like all over Twitter and like freaking out about everything. So, you know, when you come back from something like that, it's, hard to um you know it's, it's hard to kind of find a, a balance well and i think it's one of the reasons why people you know especially tv critics people you know look at those cbs procedurals the little bit of a uh 
jaundiced eye, I guess, kind of like they look there, they look sideways at, they don't approve because, you know, they're, CBS is kind of playing by a playbook that feels very 80s and 90s sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's no big cliffhanger, right? It's a big story at the end of a season, it ties up, and then the next season there's more adventures. You know, it's Magnum P.I., but with Sherlock Holmes, you know? And I think that's what why why people look they 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 are very dismissive of CBS procedurals, especially CBS procedurals because they seem to even the ones with story follow this kind of same formula, and it's disappointing sometimes because I think there are opportunities there to build to build story to build characters and and when they come back from a new season like this where it's not big it just feels like a case of the week but they happen to have a couple scenes in London, it's disappointing. But that being said. There are always good moments with Johnny Lee Miller and Lucy Liu, and 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 the whole plot with Mycroft worked. So, you know, and you know how many people millions, you know, how what kind of a audience is it getting? Fifteen million. So something's working. And again, it's not under the dome. So how bad could it be? <laughs> Much better than under the dome. Oh, yeah. under the dome. Well, for me, for like a procedural, I don't mind a procedural. But for the most part, it does have to have a set of characters that are either like fun or are, you know, the characters themselves are interesting or a little bit of ongoing story, you know, bigger story uh, to follow. And I think they're doing more of that on CBS. You're getting less of the like CSI type procedural where there's very little other than the case of the week you get like maybe a little character moment here or there, you know, tacked on at an end of an episode. But for the most part, it's all about whatever the case is. And you're getting more shows like person of interest or elementary, where there's a lot more bigger story, overall story elements being put in with the case of the week and more of the cases of the week start tying into an overall bigger story from time to time. And so you could tune in and out and watch an you know an enjoyable episode, or if you continue to watch, you get sort of like the bonus for the person who watches the the entire story. You get character development and 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 a you know bigger plot arcs and stuff like that. Yeah, you just wish that like like you said the the, the that first episode would have been would have had some more meat to it. Would have had something more than just. Here, here we are. We're in. We're walking around Trafalgar Square. You know that kind of thing. Yeah. Or like a little car, like a car ride. It's like we're you're doing a little. Jones doing a little sightseeing on the way to New Scotland Yard, and and then that's 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 almost all you get for the most part. Right, right. And that's it. It's just it it, it needed. It, it felt more promising. Like I said, Parks and Rec had more London in it. So, uh, you know, it, it just. CBS is getting there, and and they don't really need to get there that quickly because when every one of their biggest shows is getting fifteen to twenty million a week, why no, why bother getting there? So I understand why, but it does get frustrating. Yeah, it, it is true. It's like a critical look down their nose at a show like NCIS, but it, twenty million people watch it. Up, you know, up against two shows that also had in the teens million people, you know, watch it. Uh, that same night, same time, t- uh, at the same time. So, yeah, if you're CBS, you're like, okay, you want us to make these really good shows? 
well, only two million people watch, you know, Mad Men on a going basis. That's not going to happen. That's not going to hack it on a broadcast network. By the way, ten million people watch the Breaking Bad finale. Yeah, that's insane. if you can believe that. Yeah, that that's and all you got to do is look at the numbers of the final season of Breaking Bad and and know exactly why they decided to break up the Mad Men season into two into two parts is because they're they're hoping for that exact same thing for for uh yeah. you know that the first seven episodes will do all right but they're hoping for that final seven episodes where they'll do you know four or five million for a premiere and it'll build up to something like you know 10 million people watching the finale i don't i don't remember a show ever building like that like, I mean, that's, so slow. that's insane. They were, um, like, I don't know if you read the uh, Entertainment Weekly article that they were saying it was, if you looked at from, like, the fourth season finale or something to now, it was, like, a percentage of, like, 400-something, per, like, percent jump or increase or something from, like, the viewers. It was, like, one point something. Um I forget like what the ratings were, but it was like a one point something, like one point eight or something like that, at like the end of the season four finale. And then, <laughs> if you compare it to like yesterday, it's it's just insane. Yeah, which I think it shows you that if you're, especially if you're, you know, considered to be a really good show, uh, you know, where there's a lot of word of mouth about a show, that you have to get your episodes out everywhere. And as soon as possible, because mm-hmm. and it give in in a period of to give people a period of time to catch up, because a lot of what happened was a lot of people decided to catch up with the show in that last year, and and did and then watched ended up watching the final season live, uh, and then you had you know the extra bonus of just a, like four million people tuning in just to say they watched the finale, uh, apparently. Which which is sort of bizarre because you there's that's a large percentage of people that watch that had probably never watched an episode before or much of it at all. Well, even like um, I, I know I'm going off tangent here, so, but uh, like I was actually I was home. I was visiting my parents for um, for a bit for most of September, and uh, my, and my mom doesn't watch the show. She's never watched the show, but she started watching those, like, two or three weeks I was visiting because um, because I was watching. I would take the TV, like, every Sunday night, and I would watch. And so she's asking me, like, all these questions, and she's trying to get caught up in it. And then I talked to her last night. Oh, that must have been fun. Oh, yeah. I was. <laughs> it was, like, her being like, oh, who's this guy, and who's this guy? And I'm just – and I'm trying to be nice and answer, like, while I'm, I'm watching, and it's just – was not working um, because you can't really explain the show. Like, wait, I, like who's Jesse and who's Walt and does he know him? And like, no, this is, you, you, you can't do this like three episodes from the end. But even, you know, last night when I talked to her and um, she asked if I was, you know, she asked if I was watching it live and I said, obviously I was. And she said, Oh, I'm going to watch it too. And I said, Oh, you're going to watch it. Cause you don't even like, I mean, she, you know, she didn't really like it that much. It just wasn't her style. It was, too violent and she didn't really know the characters and she was like well no I've been you know I've been watching and now I need to see what happens so even for someone who like just barely started watching like they were tuning in um, yeah it did yeah it was, it was remarkable I think it it was a build though of people catching up as as the season even the final season went along 
on Netflix, on 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 demand, on AMC, on AMC playing marathons. I saw I saw know. a couple of people on Twitter that mentioned you know like I think two or three weeks out from the you know the finale had just finished catching up, you know, and we're now caught up to watch the last two or three episodes you know live. I, I don't even think you'll see that with Mad Men. I think Mad Men no, people I don't just because people watch. People, Mad Men had its audience, and people started watching it. And those who thought it was boring stopped watching it. But but Breaking Bad built so much. There's it was a perfect binge watching show because when do you when do you stop watching? Right. Well, also, <laughs> I I find that, and I, I like Mad Men a lot. Um, it's had I didn't think the season was that great, but. Um, but I, I really like it and I like the characters. But I also find that I I really don't have a lot of emotional connection to the characters. And it's very easy for people to have emotional connections with the characters of Breaking Bad. So I think that also plays a role. I mean, how many people have an emotional connection to Don Draper? Like, and maybe there are people out there that do. I don't and never have. But yeah, um, as opposed to someone like Jesse, you know. Yeah, no, this is a show, you know, I mean... It, it 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 it's a remark. I mean, someone's got to study how this show gained it, gained the ra- in the ratings because it was at a million and a half, two million, two and a half its first couple seasons, and and it getting to ten million that that's on, on a cable network. That to me, that's going to be a story somewhere. Yeah, well, because even it's you know it's premiere of the final eight episodes or whatever it was was twice. Twice as much as I'd watched any previous episode live, that you know the ratings came in. There were twice as many people watched the premiere than had watched ever, you know, watched an episode ever before, and then it continued to build from there, you know, to each week, where mm-hmm. it continued to uh, to 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 grow. But yeah, that was that was something else uh, for for a show. It, again, if you put something out there quality, you can you can right. build an audience. I think Mad Men will probably get some type of gain, but just based on the type of show that it is, I don't think that it'll do nearly the types of gains that that Breaking Bad did. No, I I don't think so either. And we'll move on to the the last show on the list, which was Homeland, uh, season three, episode one, Tin Man is Down, and. Uh, Joel, what would you think of the the return of Homeland? Well, maybe it's because I watched after the Breaking Bad finale. I didn't I didn't watch the screener. <laughs> I, I just I don't know. It's it. I think I think my it's one of those where I'm like mm, I don't know. It, the judge, it jury's still out. Uh, I think watching a show where it feels like the government's going to want to dismantle the CIA CIA feels like it's a bit stretching believability. I mean, more than you would expect from a fictional show. Yeah, yeah, that and me personally, I just am not a big fan of of having moles, of having infighting, of having, you know, the the government out to get certain people and all this stuff. And you're just like, meanwhile, there's people trying to blow us up. How about right. we do some stories about that? Right. Uh, I am. You know, I'm not real big on the, you know. That, you know, somebody in the government is trying to get somebody, or has is trying to shut down the CIA, or and but there's a mole in the CIA apparently that's putting out information that they don't want out, and you're just like, oh come on, give me a break. Right. 
I think the one thing I'm happy with is that Crazy Carrie has returned. Yes. <laughs> which is always good to see. But it, I didn't come away from this first episode. And I think the intention was to not come away from this first episode with any kind of like, oh, my God, they're they're back. You know, I think the intention was we got to reset and figure out, you know, this is going to kind of progress kind of slowly. We're not going to see Brody for a while because uh, he's on the run. Uh, uh, you know, the, the CIA is under scrutiny, you know, carries off her meds, um, you know, and, you know, it, it's. It's set. There's there's too much stuff being set up, and 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 I'm not. I can't sit there and go, okay, Homeland is going to be the Homeland that I loved in the first season, not the right. screwy show that that made me scratch my head in the second season. So well, by the end of the first episode, I I wasn't really sure like what like what is the story arc going to be like what what's ha- where where is this going. Uh, are we going to see a lot more of, you know, the government investigation? Uh, you know, where, what is the, because in the first you knew it was, you know, the Abu Nazir and, you know, there was a, you know, a, a name to the terrorist type of thing. And that was uh, where most of the things focused on. And then there was some, some side stuff. And now it, it all seemed like side stuff. Like the first episode, it wasn't pointing you necessarily in a direction. I mean, there was a lot of, you know, interesting and good stuff. Like I find, you know, following the Brody family to be somewhat interesting. I think that's a, an interesting place to go. Like what would, what would it be like for a family if their, their father, you know, and husband were branded as a, you know, a terrorist. I, I think there's some interesting story possibilities there and you know carry off her meds is always <laughs> is always, always good but I'm, I'm still not quite sure where even after having watched the second episode even like where it's going and I feel like I I should have some idea <laughs> you know of, of of what the season's going to be after a couple episodes yeah I think uh, you know what what Homeland suffers from, and it's by no means it's like the first season was great and now it's a bad show because it's still a really good show and it's still very quality, but the first season was so great and it's very it's I feel like it's been very hard after that to kind of keep that same level of um, intensity and same originality um, and like, and I, I love Carrie off her meds. <laughs> like, that's like my favorite storyline. Like, yay, Claire Danes gets to cry and be crazy. Like, I love it. But it's like, how many times can you do that? And that's what I'm worried about kind of for this season. Um, but, but I actually love the whole Brody family. Um, and I, I think it's going to be really interesting, especially because well, now they're setting up this whole thing with Dana and, you know. Be, be, be honest. You don't love the whole Brody family. You love Dana. I you love... love- Yes. Yes. The, 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 I think they switched the boy out, by the way. The idiot boy. Because there's a, hey, you know, the, the one who makes the random comment that sounds stupid. And now we've got the mother-in-law who's like, oh, yeah, she was just trying to get attention by slitting her wrist. If she, was, if she wanted uh, to be dead, she'd be dead. You know, you know like, why don't you sue the government? You know, that yeah. kind of thing. And, and apparently, the you know, all this stuff hasn't really affected the son. He still seems just 
happy go lucky. Everything. What's for dinner, Ma? I, I still feel really worried that like they're gonna just off him because he has like nothing to do and he's just there. I was really worried. It's like Chris Bryant's gonna die. I'm like, no. Oh uh, isn't isn't the girl who plays Dana like if he, she feels to me like the second or third best actor on the whole show? You know, and maybe I think even sometimes she's better than Damian Lewis. Sometimes she's even a little better than Mandy Patinkin. I, I really like her. I think a, a lot of people, um, I tend to kind of be quiet on voicing like some of my homeland opinions because the internet is so like, they tend to jump on you. But I, I really like her and I really like the character of Dana. And I really like part of the reason why I liked the premiere was because I was interested in what they were doing with her storyline. I know a lot of people don't, but I personally really like her. Andrew, never let the internet intimidate you into changing or to not expressing your opinion. Oh, they've been show. doing that for like ten years. That's why <laughs> the, internet, the, inter- the internet, the internet, doesn't know what it's talking about. You know, <laughs> that the, 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 yeah, that's that's the whole reason why my site exists because I don't I don't like the internet telling me what to say and how to think. So there you go, damn internet. Yeah, yeah, you never quite. I mean, granted, the storyline for Dana in season two, you know, kind of went off, you know, the, the rails. Like, but I think this is a much more interesting storyline. You know, somebody that had become close with her father after his return, and then you know, finding out these things, you know, what it did to her, and you know, what that in turn has done to the family, and what you know, the press and still people are like, you know, to to somebody like that who. They all didn't know anything, you know. They, it's right. not it's not their fault, type of thing. So, I think that's an interesting storyline. I hope that the CIA stuff sort of focuses. I think the show really, while there were some great moments between Claire Danes and Damian Lewis in season two, he really should have blown up at the end of season one, <laughs> that, like, they, like they initially intended, right? That they would be doing a sort of a similar storyline now. As they are, you know, in the second season uh, with there having been that explosion that took out, you know, some people that it, it, it goes to show you how, you know, shows are not planned out from day one. Yeah. Even Breaking Bad, <laughs> they're not planned out from day one. As meticulous as they may seem when you're watching them, they're not planned out. Things happen. I mean, I was just reading here that uh there was a the reason why the the Schwartzes were in Breaking Bad is because a terminally ill patient, a terminally ill teen superfan, told Vince Gilligan they wanted to see what happened to the Schwartzes. So that's why the Schwartzes were back in in the last episode of Breaking Bad. That wasn't in the grand master plan of the show <laughs> right. that he set out to write back in two thousand seven. Right. So it, it is amazing that how much the show, cha- how much Homeland changed because they were going to kill off. Damian Lewis's character at the end of season one, which they should have, but they're like, he's too good. We got to keep him. And that made for a screwy season two because they didn't know what to do with him. Yeah. I, I mean, you got, you got a few good moments, but overall it, it sort of lost a little something. And that because he's a huge star. Yeah. <laughs> Where I think that, you know, that a second season that would have had similar, you know, maybe the, you know, there's a, the government is looking into it. Maybe at some point in time, you know, the same things happen, but in season two, sometime Carrie finds out she was right all along uh, about, 
and and you know that changes the story of of where things are going but they're still hunting for Abu Nazir who had you know put this thing in place and I don't know it just it just seemed like they closed off so many possibilities for where the show could go by trying to keep somebody around and but on the other hand I think that a show while if they have a plan if they see something working they should be willing to change a little bit uh but sometimes I think just because that that's a huge change you know that's a big change if you you go into season 1 and your plan is this is where we're going and then halfway through you're like wow these two are really good with each other. Maybe we shouldn't do that at the end. But now you have to come up with a completely new idea for where you thought you might be going in season two. Uh, it just seems, uh, I don't know, seems like that may have may have been a mistake. It'll be interesting to see how they bring him back in this season, uh, You know, when he shows up, what he's been doing. Yeah, I think it has the potential to be a very interesting season based on that. I'm kind of curious to see where it's all going to go. So as am I. Definitely be watching. You know, even with even with some of the complaints that we've had with the show, there's <laughs> there's still so much good about it. Uh, especially you know, like the various performances and stuff like that. That uh, even if the overall story may not be working, the some of the sub stories or some of the character stuff within it is so good that it's it's still worth watching. All right, that'll do it for uh, the prime time segment, and. Uh, you know, if you've got any thoughts out there on any of those shows uh, and and their return, you know, let us know. Drop us a line to feedback at tvtimes3.com, and we'll move on to the last segment a little bit here. Uh, some TV on DVD picks for Tuesday, October 8th. My pick, as Ray mentioned last week, her pick was save your money and wait for this, wait for the 8th uh, for Psych uh, Season 7. That would be my pick, uh, Psych, one of my favorite shows. While I don't buy a lot of stuff on DVD, comedies tend to be the thing that I do buy. And Psych definitely fits more into that category, even though it's an hour long than than into any other category. Uh, so that that is one that will end up uh, in my DVD collection as well. And Andrea, you had something you wanted to mention? Yeah, um, I was going to recommend American Horror Story uh, Asylum, which uh, comes out. As well, um, I love American Horror Story. I think um, it has some of the best actors. Uh, this, I honestly like the first installment more than the second. And judging from what I think is going to happen with the third, I think I'll probably like the third even better than both of them, hopefully. Um, but I really loved last season also, and I thought it was really strong. Um, and you know, and also if it's if it is your type of thing. Um, you know, I, I like the show because it is anthology based. So you can, you know, buy the second season and just enjoy it. You don't have to watch the first season. And then if you like it, you can go pick up the first season. Um, but I will always kind of recommend that show to anyone who uh, might be thinking of trying it out, especially in advance of the third season, which is coming up pretty soon. Yeah, I'm actually kind of interested in the in the third season not not I'm not a big horror guy, not really big into the horror stuff. But the uh now that they've actually started showing some ads for American Horror Story uh Coven that actually show you what the story is, you know, like more than just the creepy moment stuff, uh it looks like they're, you know, it might be kind of interesting. 
Yeah, it looks it, it looks really, really good. And I'm actually, I'm just really excited for it because um, a lot of the actors I like are going to come back. Um, you know, a lot of the a few people who are in the first installment but weren't in the second are going to come back. Um, and I just, I'm just fascinated by the whole witches thing, <laughs> like in general. And I think that, like that stuff to me is just really interesting. And I think that's going to have the potential to be just a very tight awesome spooky storyline more so than like um you know like the asylum i liked the asylum and it was creepy but it was also very out there and very um kind of violent and very brutal so i think it's going to be interesting to see what this season has all right and uh, with that uh, we'll close out the show uh next week Keith McDuffie from uh, clickclack.com and Kyle Nolan from noreruns.net will be joining me or Actually, I'll be joining them in that uh, I'll be flying to the uh, East Coast and then they're picking me up and we're driving up to Montreal for uh, sci-fi, some sci-fi set visits. And uh, we're going to attempt to record a, a podcast in the car on the, uh, on the way back from the set visit. So that should be interesting. And it'll put us on a, on a two-week streak of uh, former TV squatters. There you go. <laughs> Former former TV squatters who got fed up and started their own sites. That's right. Yes, <laughs> yes, that would be that would be the streak. All right, and uh, with that, uh, you can find uh, links to the DVDs we talked about and uh, the news stories in the uh, show notes, as well as where you can find Andrea and Joel online at tvtimes3.com slash one ninety eight. Uh, as always, those uh, those links to the DVDs are affiliate links, which means we get a small cut. Uh, if you purchase them through our links, which uh, help us uh, defray some of the costs of the podcast. And uh, once again, we'd uh, like to hear from you. Uh, any thoughts on this week's episode or uh, any topics or shows you would like us to talk about uh, for the upcoming 200th episode? And again, highly likely, if you leave a voicemail, <laughs> that you will win. You will get that copy of Awkward. Uh, season one and two on DVD, which is has the best season of the show, which is the first one. And uh, with that, we'll close it with uh, the opening and closing music is provided by IODA Promenade. The song is TV Party by the Asylum Streets Bankers from their Mercurial title put out by Yellow Dog Records. And once again, Andrea and Joel, thanks again for joining me. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Jason. We sit glued to the TV set all night and every night. Why go into the outside world at all? Nothing better to do than watch TV and have a couple of brews.